When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. To the highway, in a brand new day, gotta let it go. Gate for October 5th, 2021. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find our show in the Voices of Wrestling feed, or you can find us on our own dedicated podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you'd like to donate to the show, just click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com landing site. You just click the red box that says sponsor this podcast, and you can set up a one-time or recurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I am one of your hosts, Israel Pal, Iron Mike Spears. Joined alongside, as always, my friend and co-host, Case Lowe. In case, we had kind of an empty week, and things are about to get kind of crazy, especially towards the weekends in Dragon Gate in October. They just decided that, like to have all their televised shows near the weekend. But uh, well, we have a pretty fun show coming up tonight. But first off, how are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, Mike Spears, I can't complain. I took a nap today. Right before we started recording, I knocked out an M&M ice cream sandwich. And as you were doing your intro, I knocked a contact out of my left eye. So I am in the ideal position to record a podcast right now. Things are going pretty well for me. What about you? Is your eye going to get spooky now? Is that now Is your my spooky eye, eye going to get spooky now? I don't anticipate any spookiness happening on this show. I'm actually pretty anti-spooky <laughs> as a whole. I think Halloween is a stupid holiday. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how much time you spend around 22 year old women, Mike Spears. That's for you. That's a judgment call on your end. But what I've learned is that women my age love spooky season, and it's not only. The pumpkin patches and the corn mazes, which I have no tolerance for. Apple picking, if you're a Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast listener, I, I look, am I going apple picking on a Sunday? No, I'm sitting my ass down and watching some NFL football games. A Saturday apple pick? Okay, you've got my attention now. Uh, but but women my age love spooky season. They love the pumpkin emoji. They love the ghost emoji. They love the costumes. I'm not into any of it. I don't, I, from this point until about mid-May, I'm going to be in a bad mood because I don't really like anything that's on the schedule in terms of holidays, in terms of temperature, in terms of culture. I'm out for the next six months. 
this will surprise you. I am not a spooky guy. That should not surprise you whatsoever. I think jump scares are stupid, and I don't like horror movies because of jump scares. If they're a good thriller like that, then I love that kind of movie. But if you're just going to be cheap and just go booga booga, no interest whatsoever. The, the rest of the spooky season stuff, I could take or leave. However, fall is my favorite time of the year. So I, I like it when it gets a little crisp outside, Case. I like, I, I like I going outside. It. I, it's awful. I, I like going outside, going to the Blue Ridge part of the Appalachian Mountains, and, you know, look at the leaves, feel a nice crisp breeze. There's there's few things I enjoy more, and, of course, I know this is terrible for the environment, than, than like, a fall drive. I love a good fall drive, but, you know, the rest of that, I mean, pumpkin packages, whatever, uh, corn mazes. I didn't grow up where we grew corn. That just doesn't happen. And apple picking, flip-flop days, because for me, Saturday is for college football. It's Sunday? I can go do that. But Saturday, I have to go shout at a, at a television for three and a half hours as the Miami Hurricanes find a new way to disappoint me. Yeah, there's nothing I hate more than crisp fall air. I want to go outside and immediately feel uncomfortable by the sun's sweltering heat. I, I'm ready to move to the desert. Me and John Moxley and Renee can have all sorts of fun. Not in... Uh, and not not on the Las Vegas Strip, but rather in the deserts of Nevada. Nevada. That sounds yeah. like a very good get, time for me. Get weird out there, Case. I mean, oh, hey, you know, hey, look, V. John Moxley, Renee can get weird. All right, I I'm very much on board with that. I'm not gonna watch a horror movie with them. Okay, January Jones could send me a text and say, Case, come over, watch a horror movie. I got about seven Judd Apatow comedies I would recommend before I she forces me to sit down and watch something scary. I have no interest in that. I think it's a terrible genre. I'm a head out on horror movies. It's something that like I appreciate like especially like early horror stuff like when like you really had to like push the ends of creativity and what you could do in like basically the 30s through the 70s in order to like make an effective film like stuff like the cabinet Dr. Caligari is like one of my all-time favorite movies. Yes, I did go to film school for it an extraordinary amount of time why, why do you ask but the <laughs> modern horror movies oh man the, uh, i i have i have a lot of theories about how uh, how eli roth is responsible for like the degradation of the film industry because of hostile so i mean i the, the i i could leave it and the, the 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 new netflix show i i don't know if it i have to find out how spooky it is and if there's any jump scares before i watch it Look, I don't know much about Eli Roth. I barely know anything about Asher Roth. But I do know that on October 7th, Drangate is going to Corken Hall in a car that on paper could be described as a horror movie. Yeah, so I told Case I'm going to react to the show first time organically on air. Like, I did not look at this card until now. Uh, I'll run down what we have. Uh, we have an opener, high-end, Dragon Kid and Kakatora versus Natural Vibes, UT and Funky Jackie Kamei, 8-Man Tag, Don Fuji, Sachi Boy, Yosuke Samaria, and Ho-Ho Loon versus Gamma, Strong Machine J, Problem Dragon, and Punch Tomonaga. Uh, trios match, we have Masaki Mochizuki, Kenichiro Rai, and Suji Kondo versus the Natural Vibes team, Susumi Yokosuka, King Shimizu, and Kiki Horiguchi. Tag team match, we have Naruki Doi and Takashi Yoshida, Versus the Ahashi brothers and their cork and debut. Then we have a six-man tag. It is high-end Yamato, Keisuke Akuda, and Benke versus BB Hulk, Kai, and Hio. And then we have the uh, all-out war five-singles match series. Masquerade versus R.E.D. 
The pairings will be decided at bell time. GM Rio Saito, you need to bring some fire with this because Yagi always had the bread. You, you got to or do the tug of war. You have to do one or the other here. But for Masquerade, it's the it's the full unit of Masquerade: Shin Skywalker, Kota Minora, Dragon Lee, Jason. I'm sorry, Dragon Daya, Jason Lee, La Estrella versus Eita, Kaido Ishida, uh, SB Kanto, Daya Inferno, and Diamante of R E D. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of just folks doing stuff on this show with no real direction just looking at the card that's my first reaction to it outside of like the big picture stuff it feels like a lot of this is a little bit superfluous the eight-man tag that match number two and look it'll go five minutes don fuji will beat up punch tamanaga and all will be right in the world but that don fuji tag fuji sachihoko boy yosuke and hoho against Gamma, Strong Machine, J, Prom Dragon, and Punch Tamanaga. That is a, a rough-looking eight-man tag match. Now, the good news is it's match number two, which means we are going to see Ho-Ho make a dead sprint and hopefully get back to the commentary table by match number three. <laughs> and if not, then he should be there by the Ahashi match. So the undercard is saved uh, just on that alone. Now, I like the six-man tag here. Mochizuki, Arakan, and Kondo versus the Natural Vibe teams, Susumu, Shimizu, and Horiguchi. I think that match sounds like a lot of fun. That could be a sleeper match. If Arkin can move, if Arkin is healthy and he is up for it, that could be a very, very good match. What do we think about this, Mike? On the 7th and Corkin Hall, it's Doi and, and Takashi Yoshida against the Ahashis. Two days later this Saturday in Kyoto, it's Doi and Don Fuji versus the Ahashi brothers. I am a little bummed out that we're not getting Doi and Don Fuji versus the two newest members of the roster on this show. Yeah, but anything could happen in Kyoto. I mean, that's the catchphrase there. And I look at those four guys, and I'm like, all right, I like, I really like that. I, I really like those four together. But yeah, like, uh, we get the new generation Doyoshi, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's a little wild. But yeah, it, it's something you like, look at the show. Like, we've talked about our misgivings about what looks like it's going to be the inevitable BB Hulk uh, title match coming up there, and that's what's going to be happening with that semi, or at least announced semi-main event. They'll do all the all-out war stuff pretty much after intermission. They'll do that that way, I would guess. Uh, the opener, I mean, you, we, you mentioned everything else pretty much. The opener, though, I think that, I, I mean, this, this will be up to uh, Kakator and Kamei. Because we know Dragon Kid is. We know what UT is. Kakatora and Funky Jackie Kamei are kind of the ones that, you know, they could have a great match or things can not go right. So I'm really fascinated by that opener. I think on paper, if everything goes to expectations, it could be excellent. Like that that could be the sleeper match of the show. Or it could be Kakatora knows he's in match one. He takes it off and Funky Jackie Kamei has a bad night. It is an interesting match to open the show with, just given that that will be the free match that is broadcast on YouTube in both English and Japanese commentary. And given how weird and insular and just non nonchalant is maybe the word Gaiora is about the way they promote Dragon Gate abroad and in Japan, I wonder if that's a conscious effort there by someone to put that tag match as the opener instead of the eight-man tag that will surely not be as good because Dragon Kid and Kagatora versus UT and Funky Jack and Kamei on paper at least should be a very good match. 
Yeah, no, that that's exactly what, what I was thinking about is like on paper like this. And it's also something that's very much like this is not going to be a match other than like Dragon Kid can fly. UT does some dives. Like, don't get me wrong. This is not a match where you really expect a whole lot of high flying, which, you know, that's the, the that's the expectation amongst people about what Dragon Gate is. But instead you get UT like the uh, yeah, the Yave Master, you get Funky Jackie Kame, who just does a whole lot of just high energy uh, kung fu bits, and then Kakatora, who's just kind of just an all-around junior there. So it, there's a lot there that I find fascinating, though. But, but, and then yeah. you've got the, uh, the the main event, that Masquerade versus R.E.D. match, which it's hard to preview given that we don't know the exact pairings, but I think they picked the, uh, the five best wrestlers from R.E.D. Obviously, Masquerade, everyone there was really solid, and I... That that is going to make or break the show. If that stuff delivers, this could be a, a great, great Cork and Hall show, which I think Dragon Gate desperately needs. They really haven't had that one show where you can point to and go, "This is this is Dragon Gate and Cork and Hall. This is what it's all about." I think this could be the show, and I think it could be entirely because of Masquerade versus Red. I mean, we have to give credit where credit is due. The biggest brain in all of pro wrestling picked the greatest five people to put in that match and made sure he was not a part of it. You know, I mean, Hio picked these five, and I mean, there's a lot to like here. I just like looking at it. Like, Diamante is actually, I think, probably the most fascinating matchup for anyone on the show because, of course, you have Shun and Diamante's kind of simmering feud that didn't really have a resolution. Kodama and Nora with him, I mean, you have kind of a big, big match there. Daya, Lee, and Estrella, we know how Diamante is as a base. So he's the person I think will be kind of interesting that i feel like that it like he is everyone gets a good matchup if you get diamante diet inferno if they don't do inferno versus dragon diet then i don't know what we're doing here at this point unless and unless inferno somehow like interferes during diet's match and we're back on that you know yeah i think any combination of guys here is interesting i i don't i can't necessarily read too much into if they pair one person with another but whether it's Skywalker versus Inferno or, you know, Minora versus SB Kento, or they could just go chalk and do Estrella versus Diamante, Skywalker versus Ata, Daya versus Daya Inferno, Wh- whatever route they want to choose, I think it's an interesting route. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think that will be a very interesting way. And it's um, nice to see the All Out War back. It's one of the nice little quirks that dragon gate would do a whole lot and it makes sense with the it feels like that the overall story of this year has been masquerade versus red and it makes sense that as we're in october as we are into the busiest part of dragon gates year they're going to want to emphasize that and they're going to build to whatever they're going to be doing with that and my expectations that, that there will probably be by the end of the year some sort of disbands match right it certainly seems like it's headed that direction because not only do you have R.E.D. who just celebrated their third anniversary as R.E.D., let alone the two or three years prior of this thing that I talked about a lot, that red, black, and yellow heel unit, which, I, you know, it's it's existed in some form or fashion since 2015 now. I have been reviewing Dragon Gate for VoiceOfWrestling.com since their formation. I caught basically the last month of Mad Blinky's existence, and you think about how long I've been covering this promotion this entire time I have been covering more or less the same heel unit. Obviously the pictures and the players have moved around quite a bit. At one point it was led by Shingo. At one point it was led by T-Hawk. Obviously now it's led by Ata. but R.E.D. has existed for a very, very long time. 
we've certainly at least what mike and i think are some seeds planted of perhaps a youth movement coming in led by ishida sp kento diamante etc that could oust ata but then you have masquerade who after shun skywalker's dreamgate championship i asked the question okay what next and i don't necessarily know if there's a strong what's next for masquerade other than continuing to have really good matches which look i'm not going to complain about i love all five guys in this unit i love the aesthetic i love the entrance i love the way uh, they all gel as one unit, one well-oiled machine. But I don't know what's next in line for them. So a Masquerade versus RED match, a unit disbands match is interesting because if you booked it on this show, if you booked it tomorrow, I could see either team losing. Yeah, and it's one of those things that with the longevity of RED, really the idea of the heel unit, which typically if a heel unit's in a disbands match you should put your money on the heel unit winning. There's only been two heel units to ever lose a disband match. But with three years and then the continuity going back to Berserk, it, it, it's it, you could say that like the strings kind of played out with this current uh, heel unit lineage, and it's time to start a new one. I mean, it's we're now on six years. We've passed six years of this lineage, so I think it's about time to kind of shake things up a little bit. And with Masquerade, like what is the, the, the argument could be made? Like they made a year or they will make a year in December. Uh, it was like the big Shun Skywalker return unit. It elevated Minonora. It introduced Estrella. Daya and Jason Lee got to be some of the strongest people on the rosters. And they never added another unit a member to the unit. So that's something that kind of, it, it raises my eyebrow. It's not a tell, but it's something that's like, no, this has been a fivesome the entire time. And usually if a unit is that static, it does kind of like it, it. It's a point in the column that Masquerade could lose this. So I, I think it would be really interesting. It'd be the closest thing in recent memory to a coin flip, uh, disbands match since I don't know Die Hearts versus Masquerade uh, versus Monster Express versus uh, Berserk. Maybe like it feels like that kind of like coin flip situation. If that were to be how things are playing out. Yeah, Masquerade is interesting just because I think had you come to me at the beginning of the year and you said, okay, we're going to put Big R Shimizu in Natural Vibes, I would have said, okay, that's maybe not the uh, maybe not the best fit here. I think we should go in a different direction, but obviously that has turned out so well for both Shimizu and for the unit. I look at this roster page right now, something we're about to get to as well. I don't see anybody there that necessarily fits in with Masquerade other than Strong Machine J, and I think that would be a disaster just given the in-ring capabilities of the five people already in Masquerade and given the way Strong Machine J approaches his matches. I don't think that would be a great fit, but I, I don't really see anyone else that could fit in that unit. I think that five-some is so strong that I wouldn't touch it, and you know I, I hope that they continue because like I said, whether they are the focal point of this promotion or not, I do think as an in-ring unit, they are as strong as it gets and that gets a lot of leeway out of me. So I'm, I'm on board with Masquerade staying around for quite a while. No, for sure, for sure. It's just interesting that you could build up cases for both sides there. So you brought up the roster unit. There was no televised shows this week. They were on a little bit of a break. They'll be back on Thursday. So we decided to play a game today and it's something we've never done before it's something that just kind of popped in my head last week it's like oh this could be a lot of fun and we decided to do this i i'm gonna lay down the scenario and then we can get into like our philosophy about this and then start introducing our units the scenario is all units are disbanded 
everyone is unaffiliated and uh, President Keto comes to both of us individually and says, all right, uh, reorganize the roster, create some units. Look, what do you want to see out of this roster and how and who do you who would you put together and what kind of units and how are you going to go about it? So that's what we're doing. That's what we'll be doing for the remainder of this episode. Somehow, Case and I independently both came up with six units, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into those in a bit. But Case, what is your philosophy of a Dragon Gate unit? How would you like describe, like, if you, like, in this process, before we get into talking about our units themselves, what was your process in creating your proposed units going forward? I think big picture, you have to have one super strong face unit and you have to have your designated heal unit. From there, to me, as long as the unit serves a purpose, whether that be in-ring, whether that be a a mode of storytelling, whether that just be for t-shirt sales, which is something I will surely get into as we get into this process, as long as the unit has a clear, defined purpose, I don't have an issue with it. If you look at the current roster, you have Masquerade, who is there because they are tremendous in-ring wrestlers. You have High End, who is there because it's the biggest stars in the company. And I, I you know, maybe, maybe Mike, you know one way or another, but I would imagine that High End is able to move some merchandise. And you have Natural Vibes, which right now is a vehicle for KZ to do whatever it is that KZ does. And I think that's a great thing. So those are units that have a purpose. They have a position on the roster. I understand why they're there. And although I shuffled these units around pretty dramatically, I tried to keep that same thought process throughout this entire thing. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to believe your point because I think you covered it pretty well. You have to have your super face unit, your high end, your maximums, your world one incarnations. You have to have a heal unit. Your heal unit is probably going to be bigger than the others just because you're going to want to have enough like face versus heal matchups on the show. That's part of the reason why like RED has always been so much bigger than everything else because you, you don't want to just have like two heal matches. You want to be able to fill out your card with face and heal dynamics. And really the, the, the next like big thing about it that I wanted to touch on is you have a leader or co-leaders you have there is a bit of a hierarchy in dragon gate units you have your leaders your co-leaders you have the people who are kind of like the second in command and then you have the remainder of your unit and then usually you'll have a designated loss post that like if it's going to be i, I think the perfect example of this really is world one where doi yoshi were the leaders nuriki doi misato yoshino bb hulk was the number two or number three he was he was a lieutenant and then you had naoki tanizaki and then you had kz as the fall post and that's how you put up a unit there so i feel like that that those are important things to have i do have some units without fall posts i do have some people that i'll designate as my fall post but there is a hierarchy i believe in the dragon gate units yeah, as we go along, I'm, I'm glad you hit that point because I will I will go through these in a hierarchical order so you can kind of see where my mind is at in terms of who is leading this unit and who is at the very bottom of the shuffle, or bottom of the deck, rather. <laughs> yeah, and then, at least for me, Case, before I we start getting into it, I do have a bunch of unaffiliated, and I think that's something that is just a part of Dragon Gate. You'll get some people who just aren't in units or very rarely in units, Gamma, very rarely in a unit. Masaki Mochizuki, very rarely in a unit. 
uh, Konamawa Chikawa hasn't been in a unit since they kicked him out of Waku Waku Fuji Land and then started uh, Blood Generation. There are just some people that just won't, and there are some people that are part-timers, and then you have foreigners and like that that just are unaffiliated, and that's just kind of how things are. So I did you have a group of unaffiliated wrestlers in, in your proposed lineup? Yeah, I, I'm looking at the list now. I think I've got nine unaffiliated wrestlers. I tried really hard to get Ultimo into a unit. That was a fun thought experiment I was playing with was, you know, thinking realistically. If I wanted to keep this true to form and, you know, represent the qualities of modern Dragon Gate while also putting my twist on it, can I find a unit for Ultimo Dragon outside of I didn't want to do, you know, a chalk veterans unit whatever whatever i wanted to find a creative way to put him into the active roster and i failed in that task so ultimo was unaffiliated and uh give me your list and i'll see how they match up all right so i have two people that i have them loosely affiliated a lot like how ultimo is loosely affiliated with team boku and I'll, i'll list the two people who i have who are loosely affiliated but aren't in units it is ultimo and masaki mochizuki those two they, they, they have people that they have places that could slot them in that they could work with but i ultimately am like all right these two guys probably are not in a unit but if i got a choice this is where i'd put them so those two are unaffiliated then it's uh konamawa chikawa yosushi kanda gamma hoho loon mondai ryu Araken, sachioko boy and super shisa i uh I will let you know now, I not only have Masaki Mochizuki in a unit, but he is leading a unit. I will run down my unaffiliated guys real quick, and we'll make sure at Open Voice get on Twitter that we have pictures of our rosters and our units by the end of this, so it's easier to follow along. But my unaffiliated list of wrestlers is Ultimo Dragon, Ryo Saito, the GM, Punch Tamanaga, Gamma, Problem Dragon, Arakin, Kness, Konamama Ichikawa, Yosuke Santa Maria, Ho Ho Loon, and Sachi Hoko Boy. Sorry, Jay, I left Kness off of my <laughs> off of my list. I he would be unaffiliated, but no. I, but. I tried to find a spot for him as well. Could not could not make it work. But there are other masked wrestlers that found their way into units uh, with my with my ideal vision of twenty twenty one Dragon Gate. I do have a unit that I think Kness would work well in, but it's just not realistic for him at this juncture. You know, no, like, I don't like, think he, I don't think he wants to be in a unit. If you read his <laughs> Twitter, he's like, I'm, I'm old. old, I'm sore. I don't know how much longer I can do this. <laughs> and, and, and then you like you look at his cage match, and you're like, Kness, it's not like you're it, it, unless somehow you have a secret wrestler identity that you're going and working your local indies, Kness. It's not like you are on a lot of cards, even the non-televised ones. So he's just really hurting, I guess. No, he's 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 in a lot of pain. He's giving Dragon Kid pet ownership advice on Twitter. I don't know if you caught that whole saga, but Kness very sternly warning people to take care of their pets. He's a big animal guy. He's got a lot of other things to worry about besides being in a Dragon Gate unit in the year of our Lord 2021. You know, it's a big pet promotion. Like if you really follow it, because Dragon Kid is a big, uh, he he is big about adopting cats. Like I, like whenever I see like him take photos and it's like of his cats, I'm like there's always another cat that I guess he's adopted. Like like that guy is a cat guy there. So Kness is probably thinking right, being like we need to make sure he's not just having like twenty cats running loose at his house. Like we had to make sure that we had to think of the cats here. Case Kness was just be was just offering a service. 
Yeah, you've got Dragon Kid, who's a big cat guy. Susumu seems like a big cat guy. Shisa's a big cat guy. That's the thing I like about this promotion. This is why I'm a Dragon Gate fan, because I have notoriously taken anti-dog stances in the past. If I had it my way, I would never own a dog again. The right woman comes along in my life, I could be talked into adopting a cat. And I feel like uh, in, in that way, I have a lot in common with the Dragon Gate roster. That way and, and only that way. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think who on the roster were dog people. I know Shima had a dog for a while, but uh, don't know of anyone who actually currently has a dog, or at least they don't post about it. All right, we got we to gotta send Jay an email. We got to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> we need to know dogs, cats, other exotic animals. Like, we just need to know, know the pet situation. I mean, Jay, Jay, I had a question about Tori about X. Also, while we're here, could you please send me a spreadsheet of who owns what pets in this promotion? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I guess without any more ado, case, I think it's about time. Uh, uh, you go first. Uh, do you want to talk uh, Superface? Do you want to talk Heal? Or you just want to just start talking about your units? Uh, let's let's start off with our Heal units. I think that is the the focal okay. point of Drangate always. I think a lot of the time this promotion's success can be measured by how hot the Heal unit is. And I'm pretty happy with what I came up with. Again, I, I structured this off of trying to be a realistic, but also... If I had full control over the booking of this promotion right now, what would I like to see? For the rest of these units, I will go top down. I will start with the leader and go to the fall post. But for the heel unit, I kind of want a big dramatic reveal of who is leading the heel unit as we head into 2022. So I will start from the bottom and work my way up with Strong Machine J as a heel. I want Daya Inferno in there. I want Diamante in my heel unit. I also want UT in my heel unit, as well as Hip Hop Kakuta, Kaito Ishida, SB Kento, and leading my heel unit in colorways undetermined, but there will be no red, black, or yellow found in their ring gear. I want the current Open the Dreamgate champion, Yamato. Okay. All right. So we... I like a lot about that. I, I think Strong Machine J with his rough neck style makes a lot of sense in that. I think that Yamato, much better heel than he is as a babyface, even though he's more over as a babyface than like that. And, you know, I mean, like you, you have, you keep the, you kept the youth there for the most part. And uh, D Diamante and Inferno are two people that I will tell you right now, not in my heel unit, not in my heel unit. So I think it's interesting that you kept both of those guys there considering i personally think those are two guys you're, you're going to want to move around there but yeah yamato and sbk as like your top two in that unit i think that's really really kind of fascinating so there's a fine line with this podcast where we're gonna have fun listing our ideal units and of course of course we want to hear yours at open voice gate on twitter i'm going to attempt to not delve into fantasy booking too much it's a waste of breath and i don't necessarily think it is interesting audio, but just to respond to a few points there. Uh, yes, I kept the youth of this unit outside of Hyo, who we'll hear about a little bit later on. I wasn't sure how to tackle Daya Inferno for this specific assignment. And so I kept him with the mask on. I did not want to become shoot trash and unmask a man who obviously nobody knows the identity of. 
I kept him as is, thus I kept him in the heel unit. And one of the other things that I tried to look at here was I wanted obvious outs for a few of these guys. So when the next turn happens, there is an obvious reason why they are being ousted from the unit or why they are leaving. And I think the budding tension of Yamato versus SP Kento is something that would greatly, greatly entertain me because it would start off ideally as a Dr. Evil mini-me type partnership with SB Kento eventually getting too big for his britches and outing Yamato from the heel unit. That's as much fantasy booking as I want to do here, but I did want to explain <laughs> my reasoning behind this. I also, I guess, have to talk about why I would turn Yamato heel, and that's because we now have plenty of evidence, plenty of evidence over multiple Dreamgate runs saying that, hey, maybe Yamato as the top babyface in the promotion with the top title is not all that interesting. Maybe it's actually a detriment in terms of my enjoyment for this product, whereas him as a heel champion is very, very entertaining. Yeah, and it's something that when you think about when he has been a successful champion, really, I mean, of course, there's his rookie title run where he was a tweener leaning heel for a lot of it. And then you have when he revitalized his career and became the almighty and mad blanky and that I still think unless, unless somehow like things are just completely changed around and there's like a, and like there's a fuse lit, I think that's still going to go down as, in my opinion, his best run as champion. And then you compare that to his face runs and you're just like, Oh, uh, 2016 is difficult, but he didn't make it much easier. And this one, it, it's just like you look at how things are going and you look at and we've talked about it a lot not to belabor the point but you look at how things were and you look at how things are shaping up to be this feels like 2016 redux so i feel like you've raised a uh, I, I think that that is something that if you're keeping yamato as champion turning him heel and having him lead the neil heel unit makes a lot of sense to me it was very short-lived but the man blanky dreamgate run that yamato had where he upset Shingo for the title in his first defense and then defended the belt against Ryo Saito and then lost it to Masato Yoshino. That is, that is the vibe that I am looking to get out of Yamato currently. Outside of this, this dumb project, just in general, I need something else from Yamato, and I don't think a BB Hulk Dreamgate defense is going to pull that out of Yamato, unfortunately. No, no, I, I think you're entirely right there. Anything else you want to touch on with your heel unit before I get into mine? No, I'd like to hear yours, Mike. All right, so I'll go bottom up too, just because build up some intrigue a little bit. I have significantly shaken up the heel lineage here. There are people who, after the great reset, are going to remain heel, but there's going to be a lot of new faces here. So first off, remaining as the fall post, Hyo just can't turn Hyo. Hyo makes perfect. He he he's on the run of his career right now. I can't do that. And then we get into some heel turns. Jason Lee, Ginky Horiguchi, and then we have BB Hulk, Kaido Shida, SB Kento, Shuji Kondo as the number two, and the new heel leader, KZ. This is a very interesting unit because I love the top of this. Ashida, SBK, Shuji Kondo, KZ. And I, I battered the ball with KZ on what I wanted to do with him here. I have a specific idea in mind that we'll get to. Uh, he'll, he'll be the last unit I talk about, I think. But 
Yeah, Kondo and SB Kanto, Kondo and Ashida. That that Shuji Kondo Kaito Ashida, that is a dream or I'm sorry, a Twin Gate team in the making right there. And then the bottom half of this unit's very interesting with Hulk staying as a heel. Horiguchi, this would be his first heel turn since 2011. He's been a babyface for a decade at this point. Jason Lee has never been a heel before, and then you keep heel the same. That that's very interesting. I I don't know of a is there a a certain through line you were looking for here of guys specifically that you want as heels for this reason, or is this more just you you like the way this unit laid out on paper? Well, it's a little bit of both. I love as you astutely picked up the top half of the unit. I mean, that's something that I mean when we think about like champion Berserk, where it was Shingo Takagi, Katoka, and then Doyama all as champions, and like that felt like okay, these are the top guys. You know, then you had the rest of berserk with that and you kind of had what we kind of called like the goon squads i like having a top half of a heel unit and then a bottom half of the heel unit but in my bottom half of the heel unit you're still going to need some people to work and jason lee he has never been a heel in dragon gate i think it'd be very interesting to give him a heel run especially coming out out of like i mean he's basically been in super face units and the dragon gate generation so it's like all right it'd be nice to see this i think Ginky Horiguchi is a, in a very similar situation in his career as BB Hulk. I think giving him like one last run like this. And also, if you're someone who's never seen how Ginky Horiguchi looks like as a heel, it's amazing. He has one of the all-time great heel looks. Like he just looks insane. He looks insane case. So I it, he can walk and brawl with that. And then really with, with like the, the, the two top line turns we're having there, I think that Shuji Kondo seeing that we know that Suji Kondo is sticking around and like this, his natural inclination, his best role is as a heel and as like a monstrous heel. And I think that that's something that would really provide in a unit that is very young with extension of like the, your older people in your goon squad, having someone like Kondo there as the number two and backing up, like just bringing up like Aganiasu, bringing up like the delinquent King Kong. I think that that adds a lot to a heel unit, I think gives a lot of credibility. And I think KZ is at a point where he's done basically everything he can right now as a face. He needs to turn heel and he should be like the big turn to kick off the next heel line lineage. So that was my justification for that. And it's something that really up and down this this is a unit at least like you could even have like fun tandems like, oh, you could have North Tribe get back together with KZ and Hulk. Jason and uh, Shuji Kondo Twin Gate defenses. Let me just throw that out there, Case. What, how would you feel about a heel Twin Gate team of Shuji Kondo and Jason Lee? I, I can't even wrap my head around it, Mike. Jason Lee is such a nice boy. He's always in super. He's always in super face units for a reason, and I I can't believe you're trying to corrupt him, even with this thought experiment. But yes, Jason Lee and Shuji Kondo teaming together sounds incredible. Yeah, and, and then, of course, you're keeping SBK and, and Kaido, Shida, and Hio. I think that with SBK, like, you, you will have the out of him turning face here. And Ishida, you have the out of him turning face here. Hio should remain a heel as long as they can keep him as a heel. <laughs> but it, it, I feel like I kept, like, the parts of the current heel lineage that I feel like still had life or needed to stay as heel until you do the turns. And then you, you inject a healthy amount of new blood in there just to completely shake things up and make it clear that this is not another uh, just like 
derivation of uh, Berserk and Tiasa R.E.D., just making sure that it's very clear that this is a new heel line. I am ready to talk about my super face unit, unless you have anything else to say on this this shocking betrayal of character. I just can't believe Jason Lee would, <laughs> would, would sign up for something like this. I, I'm ready to talk about a super face unit that may or may not have Jason Lee in it. Okay, okay. <laughs> the man of the hour, Jason Lee. Oh, what's your super face unit? So if I'm looking for a unit to lead Dragon Gate as the good guys, I need guys that can talk. I need guys that are instantly recognizable in and out of this promotion. And I need guys that can work. And thus, my super face unit is being led by Ata. And it is being, uh, he, he is partnering with Dragon Kid, his arch nemesis. He is partnering with Dragon Daya, Dragon Kid's protege as well as Jason Lee, Kagatora, and Funky Jackie Kamei. All right. I really like this. Uh, first of all, uh, just my initial impression there. Uh, the, the fact that, like, Ata and Dragon Kid have, like, such a rich history that may come into play in my unit with those two in it in a little bit. That, like, I feel like that that's, that's a vein you have to mine here. Uh, for for our new listeners, uh, uh, Ata beckoned and pleaded dragon kid to join over generation i think it was in 2016 into 2017 until he finally giving in because he wanted to have a master he wanted to have a senior that was well versed in the lucha libre style of course then the next few years played out the way it did and, and then yeah kamei in there makes a whole lot of sense jason lee i mean I, as we just talked about great babyface there and you got a strong bit of of talkers there like you really don't have anyone that unit that you can't trust with a microphone there like any combination of those like i could just imagine just kagatora trying not to corpse as like Daya's going like oh i don't want to go out to eat because i don't like eating too much i want to go home and sleep and just cracking up the entire crowd there like i think you hone in on something really important there mike do me a favor i know you're a big whiteboard guy can you please write down revisit over generation as an open the voice gate podcast idea i rarely do we do production meetings on the air like this but that is something that i just thought of that that we do need to do at some point and yeah i'll, I'll talk briefly just one other point about this unit in the same way that i feel yamato has been greatly miscast or not miscast but just a personal enjoyment levels i don't get a ton out of him and his current role i am ready for an Ata babyface turn. He's been a heel for four years now. The last time he was a babyface, you have to remember, we went through the spring and summer of 2016 where Ata had this dynamite King of Gate tournament where he wrestled Tozawa twice and he wrestled Susumi Yokosuka all in matches that were at the very worst, the very lowest bar was four and a quarter for those matches and he crushed it. And then he went into the Super J Cup and he has that very, very infamous match with Jushin Thunder Liger. I talked about it in depth on the post-wrestling podcasting network with WH Park during his Thunderstruck series. For the amazing 30-plus year career that Jushin Thunder Liger has had, it's not maybe one of his best matches, but it's absolutely one of my favorite Liger matches. And it's because it is everything you would want from Ata versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Four days after that, he goes into Kobe World. He wins the Open the Brave Gate Championship, his first singles title. And then things sputtered. And over generation got weird. And Ata lost momentum. And he hit a career low point before his heel turn. And as listeners know, 
I've had a very mixed relationship with Ata as a heel. At times, it has fully connected with me, and I have been incredibly engaged by the work he can do. At other times, I have found it to be dreadfully boring. But I do know that, at least on paper, the idea of Ata being the super face of this promotion is something that greatly appeals to me right now. And it's just so needed, and as like we talked about with Jay, like he is a merch mover, and it's something that he is strong enough on the microphone. He was getting crazy babyface reactions in that time period that you were talking about, like to a, to an extent that he was one of the more over people on the roster, and was really at a time where over generation. In which case, it is on the whiteboard. We're covered in that. I won't. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a fun. We got a few ideas kicking around. That's a fun one. I I like the that's the prospect a really, of that. That's a really fun one. But like for a while, with the exception of Shima, he was the most over person in over generation, right? Like it was like really feeling like that that he got it all together there. And it's something that like it just seems really needed also to have him as a face. He's about to turn 30, if not already have. I'm not very good with birthdays, but it's time. So yeah, we both turned Ada baby face. I think that was like the first thing I did was like, all right, well, Ada's a baby face and he's leading a unit here and you, you did the exact same. Having him as the super face unit though, that is very interesting. I don't know if he's the person really for that, but I like your argument there. I like that a whole lot. Given everything that he's doing in Noah, which, by the way, is something else we'll be talking about this show coming up, because I think Eita, Eita and Noah is actually very interesting to me. Mochizuki and Noah is is fun for what it is. He gets the chance to have a good matches a few times a year. Eita and Noah is very interesting to me. I, I have enjoyed what he's done so far. Uh, so there will be a lot of Eita talk coming up in the future. But I think given what he's doing there, given, uh, again, the fact that he moves merch the way he does, the fact that he can talk the way he does, I, I think he could be our babyface one. I think he could be 1A in this promotion full of great, fiery babyfaces, and he will be 30 years old at the end of this month. He'll be 30 on October 27th, so it is time to pull the trigger. It is time to make him the face of Dragon Gate. Soon after Papa Spears' birthday. Interesting. Don't know. Okay. Don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need to send him his present. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no, it's something that it, it's time to see that. So I, I think you're dead on with all that there. Uh, my super face unit, and whereas you went with something brand new, case, I wanted some continuity. So I do have a, it is a six-person unit. Most of my units are six with the exception of the heel unit. But my super face unit has UT, Funky Jackie Kamei, Keisuke Akuda, Ben K, Kota Minora as the number two, and then Yamato is the one. So you get your high-end continuity there. I was very tempted to put Strong Machine J with that in this unit just because he has a very good rapport and he's a good mic talker here. Yamato is someone that when he is doing his his uh, his closing remarks, it is mid, there are jokes being made about how he talks too much and he's kind of just a steamroller here. So I'm not too concerned about needing to have like the back and forth there, but I, I feel confident enough of Coda right now that he could step up with that. Okuda could as well as UT is a good promo at this point. Like UT could do that as well. I, I like having the continuity. I mean, the company ace leading the super face unit. I don't really have like when I designed this, I was not really thinking champions in mind as I broke up the, uh, the uh, triangle gate champions in mind. So 
I it, it's just something that like there's enough pieces to high end that I feel like that I don't want to completely like of course like this is not high end but there's enough there I feel like that you can build off of I just want to change some parts and I want to get the next generation ready there and that's why you have Kodama and Nora and Funky Jack Commandment. I like this unit. The one note I'll have, it's very interesting to me that you paired Yamato and Minora together because one of my big picture bullet point thoughts on this was I am going to make sure those two are separate. I don't think those two should be teaming. I don't think they should be aligned. I don't think they should be wearing the same colors. I want Yamato and Minora on opposing sides and no matter what going forward because I think that's a very interesting. I don't necessarily want to use the term generational feud, but that is a long-term feud and I don't want the, the the water to get muddied by those two teaming. But given your uh, line of thinking there, this is a very good unit and a very strong super face unit. Yeah, no, no. I That was like the big argument for a while because I kept Bensuke and Yamato here. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to move Kamei and UT here. It took me a while to, to decide who the number two was. And I was like, you know what? I think with how young Kota Minoru is, you're absolutely right. You want to keep these two apart because there's going to be like a long-term feud there with these two especially since Yamato's in relatively good health so he's he's not someone that I feel like there's a clock on whereas there's other people on the roster there very much is one so I feel like that you could still have that happen and if Kota Minora wanted to turn heel or wanted to break away from here and if that happens to Yamato a lot people leaving his units to start their own thing uh, I think you could do that coming out of this thing like going after a year or so I think you could do that because you, you are right because you do want to eventually have that happen I teased it earlier, Mike, and I think I'm ready to unveil my Masaki Mochizuki-led unit. Are you ready for this? I am really intrigued by this, so go right ahead. Nothing says Case Low now has the pencil of Dragon Gate in 2021, quite like the Masaki Mochizuki unit led by Mochizuki with Don Fuji as second-in-command, followed by Ishin Ihashi, Riki Ihashi, La Estrella and Super Shisa. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I like that. I'm, I'm ordering the tracksuit. I've got the, the folders, the pencils, the stickers on the way. This is my unit. These are my boys. I, I think Estrella being in there, and this is something that I'd like to see from him going forward post masquerade because he obviously fits like a glove into masquerade. But I think pairing him with strikers and heavy hitters going to be forward is going to really help him stand out because masquerade is, you know, they've got their signature moves down. We know what they do, but it does seem like there's an element of innovation with those guys. I feel like Daya in particular is constantly bringing new stuff to the table. I'm not saying La Australia is incapable of doing that, but I do think he can save his body a little bit and look a little flashier by doing less. If he's the high spot guy in the match, when you have Mochizuki and one of the Hashi brothers, just kicking guys in the chest and then having Australia coming in and doing his big flying move. So I think you protect him a little bit there. Obviously, Mochi Fuji and the Ihashi brothers, those are two built-in tag teams. There's a lot you can do there in trios matches and eight-man tags. And look, I'm not saying Super Shisa is going to be on the road. I'm not saying he's working every event. But if we can throw him in as a lost post and a six-man tag, I think that's a win. And it's something that, like, I'll get into my Estrella unit uh, later. But it's something that I think we both are similar minds that we want to put him in with people 
that could flesh out his moveset. And I think that's something that's going to be really important as he's about to have his one year anniversary in December to see going forward. Because we've, as you said, like we've seen like his spectacular spots is, and he's fantastic at it. And he's, we, we've seen the confidence really grow in a guy, which is something to say that it's tough to see confidence in someone who has a fully, a full face mask, but you could tell like through his body language, he's getting more and more confident, but it's time for him to kind of flesh out the toolkit. And I think that being in a unit of Mochi Fuji and Super Shisa is the right move for that. I think that that's a great route forward. I, I like so much about it, but I have one question for you about your unit here. Please go ahead. Are you going to let the kids talk or are you going to just have Mochi Fuji just steamroll anything, any situation here? Ooh, that's an interesting question. We haven't really heard the Ahashis talk outside of uh, Ultimo saying they're going to debut at Dangerous Gate, have we? And I don't think they said anything other than like, thank you very much with that, too, you know? Yeah, obviously Astray doesn't talk. He, he's got the mask on. He doesn't need to talk. But, you know, look, if, I, if I'm Booker Man, like, I think you need to let people fail, and I think you need to let them learn from their experiences. Let the kids talk, and if it becomes an issue, like it did with T-Hawk or Ata or the rest of the Millennials, we can cross that bridge when we come to it. No, and I, I think that that's... It, it's something... You, you don't set up to fail. You set them up to either learn or succeed. And I think that, that that's something that... It, you're set wow, up there. Goddamn, Mike, I like the way that sounded. You set them up to either learn or succeed. I am taking that into my shoot job tomorrow. That is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I can't wait to bust that one out. And unlike my other show where I get made fun of for my for my phrasing, I appreciate that you like that. That was just right off the dome right there. That, that just Look, was... let, 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 it, let me be very clear. I love that you you have a phrase that I can now take into my corporate world. When I was on the Everything Elite Patreon the most recent time, Aaron Bentley did accuse me of being a communist. Obviously, in some circles, that is the nicest thing you can say to a human. I quickly pulled up receipts and said, uh, no, actually, <laughs> I, I have some issues with this statement. I can't wait to go to my <laughs> boss tomorrow and tell him this corporate lingo. I mean, I, I've taken enough classes. I've read enough organizational behavior books. I can't say that that's probably completely original, but but let's act like it is. And if it ends up being original, then, you, you know, uh, I'll call up Aaron and, and you know, we're going to make sure that this is trademarked. You know, I'm, I mean, Absolutely. I got to get the money off of that. So do you want to hear my unit that Estrella's in next? Or do you want to hear my unit that the Ahashi brothers are? I'd like to go in the Ahashi route here because I, I set, you know, this unit is obviously the Mochizuki led unit, but it's really mm -hmm. a chance for the Ahashi brothers to showcase their worth here. I would like to hear what you have in store for them, ideally, if you were booking Dragon Gate in 2021. Okay. And if you notice about 20 minutes ago, Case, where I chuckled about that Kyoto card about that Ahashi brothers tag. Yeah. L let's get into this. So this unit has Kakatora. The Ahashi Brothers, Riki and Ishin, Don Fuji, a number two of Strong Machine J, and the leaders in the Riki Doi. And there's a theme to this unit. There is a theme to this unit. And this theme is you have the you have the Ahashi Brothers, Strong Machine J, second generation wrestlers, and their parents were of the Showa era. So that was the Emperor before the last one. And there is like a overall like seeing like a cultural difference about the Showa times versus the current Rewa times. But having those three together 
with Don Fuji, who loves that era of wrestling, Kagatora, who would just crack up with with the rest of it, and then I think Naruki Doi as a way there as one of the bigger stars in the, in the company is kind of a little adrift right now, but uh, we've seen him team with Don Fuji and Blood Generation, and I think that he could really be someone that helped like like Strong Machine J. He, he he's missing some points to become a complete package. The Hashi brothers, they're so young that we don't know what kind of package they will be. But you know who is a complete package? That is the newly 41 years old rampaging muscle, Naruki Doi. This is a fascinating unit. I mean, if they if they rolled this out hypothetically in real life, that's content that that's so much content for us cuz th- this is such a sink or swim unit where Oh yeah. I I really have no idea what this would look like in execution. It's interesting. You know, I've talked for a few months now about how I can't believe Dragon Gate's not doing anything with Naruki Doi. Naruki Doi should have a unit. Where's Naruki Doi at? And then I sat down to do this and I was like, hmm, I don't really know where to put Naruki Doi. This is a very interesting position for him to be in. I am fascinated. Absolutely fascinated to a point that it will will stick with me for the rest of tonight into tomorrow. The idea of <laughs> Strong Machine J being a number two at this point in his career is so interesting to me because I have him buried at the bottom of my heel unit. Turn him heel, give him something new to do, let him bully guys around a little bit more, and and let's just kind of be done with him to some degree. Let's just forget 2019 strong machine J ever existed. Let's build him back from the ground up and let's see what happens. Putting him as a number two in a unit right now, whether it was your intention or not to me, it comes across as like, no 2019 happened. This man was a dominant triangle gate champion and we are going to ride that momentum for as long as we can. And I think that's super interesting. Yeah. So, so like that is part of it. The other part of it is strong machine J very funny guy good promo surprisingly strong promo and it's something where i think that he has a natural kind of relationship with the hashi brothers so like i feel like there's two paths that we both chose the two paths one of them is rebuild them up like you're doing in the heel unit and mine is like let's take what worked and let's reformulate this and let's focus it towards the future and this is a strong sinker swim thing but he's strong machine j he came in as the rookie supernova, the quickest to the champion, unpinned for so long that I think that like when you have this there and you have Don Fuji there and Kakator there to provide enough backup, you know, in that kind of way. But I think that it's something here that this is a company that does not like uh does not hold their cards close to their vest for too long. If they have an ace, they will play the ace. And I think that this would be like my my big move right here is that. I think that's very fair. Anything else you have to say on your Ihashi Brothers unit? Uh, this is the unit, if this happens in Kyoto, where Doi and Fuji after that match are like, hey, come under our wing, I am just going to immediately go buy all the Powerball tickets for about a year. About a year. You, you, if you I... deserve that. I Look, I, I, I hope to God it happens because I'd be very entertained by it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, for me, like, like, there's a lot of stuff here that, like, like with the heel unit, it's a lot of like new blood, and then taking what's good from young Red, the super face units, taking what works, and then adding stuff to it, and that's kind of what I've done at least for these first three units. My next three units, I have some theories that we'll get into there. But case, okay, so, uh, leading off the back half, what, what's your next unit you want to talk about? 
This one's real simple. We can we can breeze through this one. It's my work rate unit. I want guys that can put on good matches in any combination, in any venue, under any sort of intensity setting. We're being led by Shun Skywalker here. He's arguably the best wrestler in the world in 2021. I want him as the centerpiece of my work rate unit. He's number two, just like it is now, Coach Minora. I don't think we've fully explored all of the Skywalker Minora tension that is there. And I would like to see those two within the same realm for a little while longer. So you have Skywalker, you have Minora, you have Susumu Yokosuka, one of the 25 best wrestlers of all time, Shuji Kondo, Genki Horiguchi, and Sora Fujikawa. I like that strong work rate unit. A lot of good combinations there. A lot of possible Triangle Gate teams out of there. You know, and, and you're right. There's still some stuff to mind with... Uh, Shun Skywalker and Kota Minora. I like the idea of Susumu and Sora teaming for some reasons. I mean, Susumu is such a great tag team wrestler that I feel like that in a lot of ways it's like, oh, so you lost a year, but we're going to get you right up to speed with, with your unit. Yeah, again, not to not to dive into too much fantasy booking here, but I, I would I would like to see Sora and Susumu team a lot together, and I would really like to see some sort of twin gate aspirations between Susumu and Shuji Kondo. I think that's a very fun team. I don't think they ever I don't think they've ever really been in the same unit together outside of the Torimon generation, unless I'm forgetting something. So that's a, you know, those are two guys that have been around each other more or less for 20 years and have had very limited interactions. So this is the time to do it while Kondo can still move at a pretty, uh, pretty good rate. Yeah, no, they they really haven't because you had Susumu when Kondo was around, uh, do fixer and then M2K variants and Kondo was Italian connection, then Naganisu. So yeah, no, not really an opportunity to tag too much uh let's go with my shoe unit next i guess and mine this is kind of a work rate unit but it's also sort of a young generation unit i i really like the idea of like they like having a young person's unit and that's this is what i have here uh shun skywalker is leading it my number two is dragon dia and then we're, we're gonna get a little weird here case are, are you ready for me to get weird with this Mike, I've been doing this podcast with you for a long time. I am ready for you to get weird. All right. The other three people in, or the other four people in this unit, Sora Fuchikawa, a returning Yuki Yoshioka, a reformed Hip Hop Kakuta, and then Hayakawa coming up as the Lost Post. I had a feeling you were going to put in one of the future guys into your unit. I stayed away <laughs> from it. I didn't want that smoke. I didn't want to deal with it. I, I thought about maybe putting the one of them in the Mochizuki unit. I stayed away. Look, I love this. I, I wish I could pull this apart. I wish I could critique this at all just for the sake of interesting audio. But no, this is another one of those units. I'm I'm importing the T-shirt. I'm getting, you know, the pictures and the posters and the 8x10s and the keychains and the phone holder and whatever else they're selling. Shun, Daya, Fujikawa, Yoshioka, Kakuta, Hayakawa. I am in on that. Yeah, and it, it's something that I look at this unit, and you have the natural Shun and Yoshioka tandem, you know, dating back from to Mochi Dojo and then into their excursion together. So you have that there. You also could have like a budding twin towers of Shun Skywalker and Hip Hop Kakuta tag team, which is just fascinating to me. Sora Fujikawa, the dreamboat, in there with another 
another kind of hunkin in Yuki Yoshioka. Like you I remember like a while ago talking about talking to folks and like, oh yeah, Yoshioka is probably someone that like he's a he's a sleeper dreamboat here. So you have that. Daya, you know, he's the cute one there. And and then Hayakawa, I he's spunky. We need to have we need to have some spunk in this unit. And it's something that I mean, what's the best way to be brought up to the roster? Well, you have Shin Skywalker, someone who should be the most outstanding wrestler of the world 2021. Dragon Daya, the best flyer in the world today. Yuki Yoshioka, for when he was around, one of the most like nails junior heavyweights in wrestling. And then we have Hip Hop Kakuda and Sora Fujikawa who have not even like started to like show their true potential there. And I think that's like an awesome scenario for someone getting called up to 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 see them. Yeah, I love that. I think that's real good stuff. I have two units left. You're in the same boat, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Four units in on my end. I like what I have. I feel confident about these units. I think they're realistic. I think they're intriguing. I think they serve a purpose. Looking at what I have for these last two units, I had some ideas. And we'll see here. I'm dying to get your feedback as to whether or not these were sound ideas or if this is something where I need to go back to the drawing board. Hell yeah. And, and, and rework my ideal vision of this promotion. But th- this one's real simple. This is my t-shirt sales unit. These are guys that are going to be uh, giving the opening promo. They're going to be in the opening six-man tag and probably the main event more often than not. And then they are going to go to the merch table and they are going to sell their goods. And that is a unit being led by Naruki Doi with Ben K as second in command, Kaisuke Akuda behind him, BB Hulk then, and then finally Yasushi Kanda. Yeah, that that you got a lot of t-shirts you got tracksuits you got buttons you got towels you got eight by tens you've got interviews you got cds all those are being sold there i think that the, the yeah the, that's the one that that's also the unit that i think a lot of more casual or or people who just like dip their toe in could really be familiar with because you ben k i mean the, that's like a name that kind of has emerged at least amongst the international consciousness nuruki doi if you're listening to this podcast, you know who Nuruki Doi is. And then BB Hulk, turning BB Hulk face right now is fascinating. Uh, it, well, do you have much justification behind it other than this is a guy? This is a guy who could design some merch and can sell some merch. I, I think decrepit face BB Hulk is going to be asked to do far less than decrepit heel BB Hulk. He was he was very fine towards the end of Tribe Vanguard. And I I just want him to chill out. Now, now the issue with this unit, it doesn't have the depth that a few others do. You know, picture this, Mike. We're in the dog days of summer. We had a Corican Hall show and then an Osaka number two show. And then we got hit with a Fukuoka double shot the next week. And then we've got uh, a Kyoto show. And then we finally have this lame duck Kobe Sambo Hall show all within two or three weeks of each other. We're watching a lot of Dragon Geek content and there's this Sambo Hall show at the end of the loop. And because this unit only has five guys, you're now put in a position where BB Hulk and Yasushi Kanda are teaming with Problem Dragon in the opening match. And that is <laughs> that is a tough prospect. I understand there are flaws in this unit, but I do think the cash value of them far outweigh possible bad opening matches. Yeah, no, and I mean... 
that's probably the role that Hulk and Condit should be in. So, I mean, you, you're not putting them in the wrong slot. It's just the fact that that's the prospect at the end of this. And, and, and that is the rare time where you'll get like a 3 a.m. Uh, direct message from me just bitching about a Kobe Sambo Hall. It'd be just like 2018 all over again. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> the good old days. Uh, yeah, no, that all makes that makes crystal sense to me. Do you want to be, do, do you want to hear a themed unit or do you want to hear a weird unit case? Well, you promised me we were going to get weird, so I'd like to hear this weird unit. Okay, so I have a comedy unit, and it is something that they, I mean, they had Team Boku, there was Tozawa Juku, there were, like, unofficial kind of comedy groups. I mean, even the Jimmies, when they did the sumos, that was all based in comedy, so I'm not going off the board crazy with this, but this is a comedy unit that can work, for the most part. So, Lost Post, Punch Omanaga, because that's where Punch Monaga should be. And then the remainder of the unit, Yosuke Samaria, Takeshi Yoshida, uh, Susumu Yokosuka, and General Manager Ryo Saito. This is what we're calling the Board of Directors. And it's going to be Ryo Saito. And it, we're going to get, like, Maria is going to be a businesswoman out here. Uh, Takashi Yoshida is going to be out there with the camera phone filming his vlogs. Uh, Susumu is just there. To, because Mike, what did Susumu do to you? What the hell or position are you putting him in? We need to have someone who can work. Oh, I, I guess. I mean, I mean, because right, right. had Taku Awasa and Kenichiro Rai. I mean, Team Boku, I mean, Naruki Doi was in Team Boku. This is not outside of, uh, out of uh, history here. But also, right. you, but you also have Ryosuka up top. That's a, that is a classic Dragon Gate tag team. And it's something that w- we need to have a straight man in this comedy unit. And Susumi Yokosuka is probably the best straight man in the company. Unfortunately... Unfortunately, your logic is dead on, and I do not have a response to that because holy shit, what a great point! He is the perfect straight man. Yeah, and the it, one of the t- my my last units, these were the ones that had Mochi and Ultimo, where I was like, I kind of want to put him there, but I don't think it necessarily works. He ha- Mochizuki has such great chemistry with the, with Takashi Yoshida here. The buddy cops were so much fun that that just having him there, like him and Susumu being like. What are we doing here? Just really, just it really provides a smile on my face, but I'm just as happy basically to keep Mochizuki unaffiliated. But that, that was where I was thinking about putting him in the board of directors. That is a fascinating unit. That is I weirdly probably the most realistic chance of happening out of any of these. That that is sadly, very interesting. Sadly. Yeah, that's it's <laughs> very interesting. I I struggled with Maria. I I wanted to do something with her. I think there's a chance she could actually fit in my final unit that I hadn't talked about yet, but I, I held off. And I, I, I don't know. It's just I, I didn't know what to do with Maria. But in the same, I put a lot of inner energy towards, obviously, Yamato in Skywalker and Masaki Mochizuki and Eita. I put some energy into trying to figure out a place for Ultimo. And then I thought a lot about Yosuke, and I just couldn't find a place for her. But if you were going to put her in a unit at this point, that is probably the best one to do it in. Yeah, she's just such a difficult piece because you have the Exotico comedy stuff. And then you also have one of the best uh, underdog baby faces on the roster. And it's like, how do you balance that? How do you play off that? And I just decided it's something that that she is the, the chief businesswoman of the company. And that's how I'm going with that. 
So that's what that, that was my justification with this with Maria because Maria was probably the most difficult person to figure out in this uh, draft we did. All right, Mike. I've got one last unit. I have this unit titled the Retribution Unit. It's five men. It's being led by KZ and followed by King Shimizu, Kai, Takashi Yoshida, and Hyo. And these are men in their careers. They've done very, very bad things. They're a little directionless at this point. They're not sure what to do. And they're simply not sure whether they should revert to their evil ways or if they should fight like proud baby faces going forward. This is a storytelling unit. These guys won't last a full calendar year. They're merely a vehicle to get to another point in their careers. For Casey, it's probably a heel turn. For others, they're probably sticking his baby faces. I was unsure what to do with these guys. KZ felt really out of place once I decided that Yamato was going to lead my top heel unit. Thus, he is in flux. Thus, he is in the definition of a tweener unit. And it's something like uh, Kai. Uh, Kai gets his walking papers in Mike's 2022. By the way, I, fe- I felt like I had to book him, but you know okay. me. I, he should have been. He should have been done in July. I I have no interest in Kai at this point. The no ropes match was was his perfect send off, and I'm a little more annoyed every time I see him. And, and the nice thing about that is that's a unit that can get dirty with it, and that's a unit that can explode. So this is going to be the tension unit, and I like that. And you could, because like lasting a year for that unit will be difficult, but it will be a very fascinating year. And it's not going to be something like where the Jimmys would every two years get into an argument. They would go combat mode, and then Ryo Saito would smack them all and say, "Stop it!" This is a unit that when it explodes, it will really explode. And that would be a good thing that in your twenty twenty three, you have some people that would be turning. And we go full heel there. So I think that that's, I did not end up with a tweener unit, but I think that that the retribution uh, unit makes a load of sense to me. I like that. Yeah, a lot. it's uh, again, it's not something that's supposed to last for a long time. I think you can get good matches out of there in some sort of KZ Shimizu Hyo trios angle, but it's really there to tell a story. They're there to have their in-ring promo segments. There's going to be a lot of friendly fire. There's going to be a lot of miscommunication and it will lead to something greater, especially for KZ, ideally for Shimizu and possibly for Hyo. But they're a unit that is there for a short period of time to tell a specific story and then they are there to move on. I like that. I, I like that aspect about that. Okay, my last unit, and you've, if you're listening along, you might have been able to figure out most of the people in it. I, this is my ATA-led unit. It is a face unit. And this, this is like my big themed unit because I'm going to list the people in the unit, and then I will tell you the, the theme should be very obvious by the time we're done with this, okay? Okay. All right. Loosely, Ultimo will be will be teaming with this unit. He, I, it, it's something that like when the Ultimo tags, you're gonna pull people from this unit into with Ultimo, basically. Like it, it, it's like Double Dragon Team Boku. Like he, he's not really a part of it, but he's kind of a part of it. And then we have Diamante, we have Lastrea, Dragon Kid, King Shimizu, and Ata. Case guess hmm. the name. Well, I certainly uh, sensed a vibe up until you listed uh, Shimizu, and it seemed like we were going to sort of embrace 
our original Toriumon roots, our arena Nakampon roots, a little bit of a, a, a Mexican heritage to some degree within this unit. And then you threw in my man Shimizu, and now I am confused. Hey, there were big guys in Toriumon. I mean, I, I mean, Taru... I, I can't believe we're actually mentioning Taru on a show for the first time in several months. Taru's not a small guy. I can't, I can't wait to see where this goes. He was a bigger not, guy. You're right. He was a bigger guy. Uh, Shimizu, I mean, Biggie, I mean, those two are kind of tied at a hip way. And, it, and the idea of that both of them are recently turned by the heel unit. Like, Eita gets expelled. Big R Shimizu's, it, or King Shimizu's kind of adrift. And they're like, hey, the two of us is like, that was that was messed up what I did to you back then at Dangerous Gate 2020. Yeah, that was messed up. Uh, it took me a while to get my my legs afterwards. Do you need help? And then you could have Dragon Kid, as we talked about, you know, Ata's mentor. Ultimo, you know, that's something with that there. And then the rest of it, yeah, no, it, it is very much a a heritage unit there that I feel like there's a lot of stuff there. I'm fascinated about the idea of what would happen if La Estrella and Diamante tagged. So I think that that would be a whole lot of fun there. And it's just something that here, it goes back to Ata's like coming back from Mexico with millennials, you know, and, and even though that one was like a generational unit and not really, not not super themed, but millennials was a uh, Lucha Libre themed at a certain level. It makes sense there to, to kind of play off of that. And then a, a Dragon Kid, I think could be a good mentor to Estrella as well. And this is a unit with, with enough people there, I think that would help add some polish to Australia. It's a very interesting unit. Uh, Diamante was someone that, again, I, I kicked around a few ideas there. I think for now, he's supposed to be a heel up until Ultimo takes that mask at a, a Dragon Mania show, which I think he will do eventually. And then we're going to see, oh, this super, super hot luchador that is also going to take off his tank top and show his muscles that are bigger than anybody else on the roster is going to become a massive baby face. That's kind of the, the route that I hope he goes in his career. But in my mind for now, he has the mask on. Thus he is a heel. Yeah, no, I'm making the supposition that that mask match happens. And now he is a face. I like that. Just, I like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, arena Mexico, Dracomania CMLL is, booking out their venue so that could be happening sooner than we expected <laughs> did you see <laughs> that the cmll is now renting out arena coliseo for uh i think it's uh, lucha memes I, I i did see that of course my, my knowledge of the lucha scene if it doesn't pertain specifically to dragon gate i am often a little confused by it so it struck me as odd but i that was it i didn't have any thoughts beyond that so you know, you know the, the, that mass match could be happening sooner rather than later i it'll be interesting to figure out like figuring well i mean ultimo has the money i was just gonna say that the payment for is it would diamante really get like a awesome uh apuestas payment in mexico right now versus losing it in japan is an interesting kind of topic to think about but i yeah i i just like the idea of this unit this was one of the after my my galaxy brain Naruki Doi leading the uh, the Showa era kids, this was the next unit that came together to me. So that was something that I really, really kind of enjoyed putting together. Originally, it's a sumo in this unit, but I pulled him to the board of directors because they needed to have someone that will stand in the background and react. 
So Susumu and Ata would be a fun tag team. I guess a lot of this podcast is just realizing that you can put Susumu Yokosuka anywhere on the roster and he'll succeed because <laughs> yeah. he is one of the 25 best wrestlers of all time. But Susumu and Ata would be a fun team. That That's something that I, I don't know if they would ever get the chance to explore that, but that's something I'd like to see. Yeah. And like originally, like one of the reasons was like, oh, I'm not going to be breaking up too many champions teams. And I was like, wait, you're going to have to break up the Triangle Gate champion team because Ata has to turn face. So might as well break up the Twin Gate team as well while we were at it. And that made the rest of my the rest of my process a lot easier as soon as I was like, all right, Susumu can move away from Shimizu there. But yeah, no, Shimizu, I mean, I'm looking at my sheet right now and I'm like, all right, who do I want to see Susumu tag with? I'm like, I wonder what kind of match that, what kind of tag team match Susumu and Hip Hop Kakuta could have. And that, that, that just scratches a certain itch in my brain right now, Case. Look, he's a very talented man. He obviously throws a mean lariat. He could have great singles matches, great tag matches, great trios matches. And most importantly, he's the best straight man in all of professional wrestling. Damn straight. Damn straight. <laughs> so sh- should we run back down our units before we get out of here? I think that's a good idea. All right. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, my heel unit is led by KZ. His lieutenant is Suji Kondo. And then the rest of the unit is SB Kento, Kaido Ishida, BB Hulk, Ginky Horiguchi, Jason Lee, and Hyo acting as a loss post. My super face unit is led by Yamato. Uh, the lieutenant is Kota Minora. Then it's Benke, Keisuke Akuda, uh, Funky Jackie Kame, and UT. Then we have the 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 young generation unit, uh, Shun Skywalker leading with Dragon Daya's number two with Sora Fujikawa, Yuki Yoshioka, Hip Hop Kakuda, and Takumi Hayakawa. Uh, my comedy unit, the board of directors, is Ryo Saito leading it, Susumu reacting as number two, uh, Takashi Yoshida, Yosuke San Maria, Punch Tomonaga, and Masaki Mochizuki. I have ultimately decided he's staying unaffiliated, so let's not worry about that there. I have my Galaxy Brain Sink or Swim unit of Naruki Doi leading with Strong Machine J as his number two with Don Fuji, Riki Ihashi, Ishinohashi, and Kagatora. And then I have my Lucha Libre themed unit of Eita leading with King Shimizu. You'll have to do a name change. Shimizu needs to like, King Shimizu doesn't necessarily work unless he wants to become Rei Shimizu. So Rei Shimizu, uh, Dragon Kid, La Estrella, Diamante, and Ultimo when he feels like it. And that leaves the unaffiliated. So if Ultimo Dragon, uh, Konamao Ichikawa, Masaki Mochizuki, Yazushi Kanda, Gamma, Hoho Loon, uh, Mondai Ryu, Problem Dragon, Kenichiro Rai, Sachi Hoko Boy, Super Shisa, and Kness, and Kai can do well in his future endeavors. For me, my heel unit is being led by Yamato, followed by SB Kento, Kaito Ishida, Hip Hop Kakuta, UT, Diamante, Daya Inferno, and Strong Machine J. The top baby faces of my promotion, the Super Face unit, is led by Ata with Dragon Kid, Dragon Daya, Jason Lee, Kagatora, and Funky Jackie Kamei following in his footsteps. I have the unit built for the future stars. Yes, it is led by 51-year-old Masaki Mochizuki with Don Fuji as second in command, but Ishin Ihashi, Riki Ihashi, and La Estrella are going to join them in battle as well as Super Shisa rounding at the unit. My work rate unit, they're simply to have great matches 
is led by Shun Skywalker with Kota Minora, Susumi Yokosuka, Shuji Kondo, Genki Horiguchi, and Sora Fujikawa rounding out the best wrestlers on the roster. Drangate needs to make money. They need to push merch. The t-shirt sales unit of Naruki Doi, Ben K, Kaisuke Yakuda, BB Hulk, and Yasushi Kanda is going to do that. And then finally, it would be Drangate if we weren't telling stories. And we are going to tell a story with the retribution unit of KZ, King Shimizu, Kai, Takashi Yoshida, and Hyo, which leaves 11 wrestlers unaffiliated with Ultimo Dragon, Ryo Saito, Punch Tamanaga, Gamma, Problem Dragon, Arakan, Kness, Konamama Ichikawa, Yosuke Santa Maria, Sachi Hoko Boy, and television star Hoho Loon without a unit. Oh yeah, we we didn't, we didn't talk about that. Soho Loons is in the 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 next uh, TV show, like dramatization of Kiku Man, which good for him, great for Ho Loon, TV star Hoho Loon. I love it. I have no idea what it is, but congratulations to him. It sounds very exciting. <laughs> that was something that when it came across my Twitter feed, I I I had to take a second. I was like, really? Okay, good for him. Good for Hoho. Awesome. But yeah. We'll, we'll see that. I wonder if, if that show will go up online. I just want to see Ho-Ho scenes. That's all I want to see on this show. I want to see oh, Ho-Ho as an actor. Yeah. So I think that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next week talking about the Kyoto show and, of course, this Thursday's Cork and Hall show with the five with the five on five all-out war between Masquerade and R.E.D. You can follow the podcast at Open Voice Gate. I am at Fujiheya, case is an underscore in your case. Thank you for listening to Open the Voice Gate. We'll be back with you next week with a lot more Gate content. Take care. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.